all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Okay. Yeah, that was just kind of a standard one. I didn't practice. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Sorry to let you down on the hello. I didn't practice one, did not conceptualize one at all. Oh, so. well. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. Um, happy Labor Day to everyone in the U.S. This is coming out on the actual day of labor. Yes. We will both be working. Which, which is a holiday <laughs> that celebrates labor. Mm-hmm. Labor. <laughs> 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 no, it's labor in the UK. I was, I was just going to say, yes. yes I, I suddenly became an Englishman from the countryside. <laughs> yes, it is a day to celebrate labor in which we will both be working. We'll both be working. To celebrate it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow seems I'm do- fitting. I'm doing my part. Yeah, exactly. Um, a <clears throat> couple of housekeeping items. Um, visit our social meets. Especially, yes, mostly, yes, come visit. Yes, it's a all, physical place <laughs> at All Bad Things Pod on Twitter and Instagram and All Bad Things Podcast Pod. Anyway, look us up on Facebook. Um, now, now, that I, now that I think of it, this little blip hit my mind. Could you mm-hmm. imagine if like Twitter was a physical space? How like disgusting of a place that would Ew. be. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or Facebook, or maybe not Instagram. Instagram, Instagram might would be, be pretty. Instagram would be cool it if it was pretty. a physical place. Yeah. 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 But you're right. Twitter <laughs> would be like the icky locker room of like a porn set or something. Oh, man. Gross. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't even going there. Um, but we have put up um, links to a GoFundMe, so maybe I should back this up a little bit. Um, one of our listeners, Brady, um, he may also go by Lee. I don't know. All of our listeners have like six names, and it's hard to keep track. There's Emma Emily and Quinn Quincy Quinton and uh, Lee Brady and uh, T- Teddy the female mail carrier. We're starting to sound like a morning zoo show or something. I don't know. Anyway... He goes by Brady in the piece that we link to, so I'm going to call him Brady. Um, but uh, it's a Houston local Houston news clip um, where wherein our listener Brady is um, interviewed. He is a historian at present, but he is also a former um, fire investigator and arson investigator, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, and he is bringing a lot of attention to this fire. Oh, shit, I forgot. Like, when I... It was, what, the 30s or 40s? We watched the clip Something together. Something like that. Yeah. Um, it was around World War II. I remember that for some reason. Yeah. We'll definitely cover it at some point, yeah. for sure. Um, uh, but there... It was the deadliest fire in Houston history. 55 yeah, people is. died. Yeah, still mm-hmm. stands as that. Um, 55 people died. And there's no memorial to the dead at... In Houston, so he's our listener Brady actually has a fundraiser going on GoFundMe for um, 
to raise money for a memorial. For a memorial. Yes. Yeah. We donated. Yes. And um, so there's links up to that. Uh, a lot of people on our social media, a lot of people ask, like, if we have a Patreon or anything, and we don't. We always say just go donate to a worthy cause. Well, here would be a great worthy cause to donate to. That is disaster adjacent. Yes. So, so yeah. Because, um, well, I, I'm not even going to get any more into it because I know I'm going to get facts wrong. But basically, like, it's it was working class people, so they weren't really... I think that's why there's not a memorial, basically. That's, and, that was the impression I got, anyway. And to be fair, in a massive fire, it's always working class people. Well, to, um, it <laughs> depends. For the most part. It, it, it depends. It does. Um, yeah. we've, we've actually done a couple of fires where it affected the upper class, yeah. like Coconut uh-huh. Grove yes, and stuff uh-huh. like that. But uh-huh. more often than not, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, certainly um, like industrial yeah. accents and stuff like that, obviously, yeah. Um, also, uh, shout out to, um, Teddy again for her K219 suggestion. And she gave us her stamp of approval for that episode. She said it was excellent. So I feel yes. very good about it. Yes, when when the people who, um, suggest a topic, enjoy it, then I feel good about it. So, yes, definitely. So that was nice. And um, also, shout out to our listener, um, Emily, that's of Emma Emily, who I mentioned earlier, who asked us for uh, documentary suggestions and then subsequently... Oh, that's who this is. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Subsequently live tweeted her reaction to Prohibition, which you recommended. Did did. you see that reaction? I did, yes. (laughs) I didn't know what she was talking about at first, but then... Yeah, I caught up. Basically, she was saying it was super boring, which I don't blame her for. It is Ken Burns. Ken Burns. Yeah. (laughs) Super boring is what you're going to get. What I I like about Ken Burns is how much he goes into the history of what he's talking about. Oh, he's a deep diver. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. And that's not for everybody. Right. Well, it's just super dry. It is. Yeah. Like... Just very much like this. It's, it's it, it does kind of harken back to like sitting in a high school yeah. classroom <laughs> watching a stupid documentary about something you could give a left nut about. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I've always enjoyed his stuff. That's cool. But it's not for everybody. No, apparently it's not for Emily or me. <laughs> Maybe she'll check out Murderball next. Oh, that's, that's definitely that was on, not. That was on top of my list. Yeah, that's definitely not at all like Ken Burns' documentary. That's an excellent documentary. I agree with you. So. All right. Anything you wanted to cover? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Then shall we? We shall. Proceed. So I didn't really, I stopped short of giving you a hint today. Did I already what, have what do you think? A, it's a bridge collapse. <laughs> okay. So yeah, a couple things that would lead you to think that one is we mentioned that in a recent episode that like we've never covered a bridge collapse. I think it was maybe even our last episode. Um, and then we were watching, what what's that? What's the show that we're watching on Netflix? The one about great architecture or whatever? Something like that. Top <laughs> ten structures. Yeah. it's There's so many shows like that that are so similarly named on Netflix. Anyway, it's about architecture. And we got to the Bridges episode, and I almost said, here's a hint for tonight. Wait, I shouldn't say <laughs> I knew right away what it was going to be when we were yeah. watching something on Bridges. So here is the caveat. It is kind of a bridge, but it's not. So this is the story of the Hyatt Regency Walkway Collapse. Oh, I've heard of this. Mm -hmm. This is somewhat recent. Well, on July 17th, 
1981. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that. Okay. Earlier than that? Or, or uh, later? More recent? Yes, more recent than that. Gotcha. Two walkways inside the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri, collapsed, killing 114 oh, people. Holy shit. And injuring an additional 216. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that many. Oh, yeah. Neither did I until I looked into it. So that's what I meant by sort of a bridge, but not really. So this well, is our a, first a, pseudo bridge collapse. A I walkway guess. is still a bridge. It is. It is. If you're if you're mm. connecting one area to the next, that's suspended bridge. in air. That's bridging. You, you're there a bridge. You there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a bridge. <laughs> and you get a bridge. If it walks like a bridge and it talks like a bridge, it's a bridge. Okay. Um, so shout out to Emily, the aforementioned Emma Emily. And Angela, who both suggested this topic. So, and I feel like someone else did too that I missed. So, if you have suggested it to me, let me know and I'll be sure to shout you out next time. Okay. Um, and we will be doing lots, there are plenty of bridge collapses out there. So, don't worry, we'll be doing that. The one in Minnesota a few years mm-hmm. back, we'll definitely be getting to that one. Um, so, we'll get to all those. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I kind of started on this one and it ended up being, I found it super interesting. So um, because this, we're talking about a structural collapse, we're not going to be doing a ton of like history deep diving. It's going to be more on the aftermath side that we'll discuss, like what actually happened to precipitate this. That's where we'll be spending a lot of our time kind of on the back end. So um Anyway, so the site of this week's disaster is the Hyatt Regency, Kansas City. So it is still around today, although it has rebranded. It got bought out by Sheraton. So it's now the Sheraton, Kansas City Hotel at Crown Center. So that's what it is now. It it is still around. I kind of want to go there now (laughs) to look at it. When I make it to Kansas City for Mm -hmm. my Bill's road trip. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, that is a stadium I've I've always wanted to go to Arrowhead. Maybe next mm. year. I think they play next year against each other. I'd love to anyway, go back to Kansas City. Maybe we'll stay there. Yeah. Maybe oh, not. Oh, that's a little creepy. No, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it. Um, I, I thought you were just going to say maybe, maybe we'll like check it out, but stay there? I don't know. <laughs> I just won't go on any walkways. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that at the end, but... Um, uh, yeah, I liked, I liked Kansas. I only drove I've through it. I've never been. I, did I stay in Kansas City? I think I stayed in Ka- oh, overnight in Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken, when I drove back from Portland. And I remember I, I stopped in both Kansas City and St. Louis. I think I just passed through St. Louis, but stopped like for lunch or whatever. Um, I liked them both. I liked both places. Like, I, I think I thought that it was going to be like hokey Midwest or something, but it was really cool. Both places I got a good impression off of. So anyway, as they say, Kansas City, hey, 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 hey. Get it? No. <laughs> no? You never heard Kansas City, hey, hey, hey? What is that? It's an old rock rock and roll song, like of the um, Fats Domino era rock and oh, roll. Oh, that one. <laughs> the Beatles covered it early on I'm in not, their career. Not a big Beatles fan either. Yeah, that's right. 
So sorry to the Beatles and Fats Domino. Oh well, I don't. I think Fats did Fats die? Uh, I don't. Anyway, the the Beatles couldn't give two shits what you think about them. No, they couldn't. <laughs> They're doing just fine. Yeah, well, when, half of them are doing just fine. Yes, I was gonna say when when Paul goes to the bank, I'm sure the last thing he's thinking about is what anybody thinks about him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So. Again, geographical context, not, trying not to be too U.S. centric. Um, but speaking of U.S. centric, Kansas City it's is pretty, pretty damn close center. to the middle of the continental United States. It's on the extreme west end of Missouri, um, bordering right up to Kansas. Like basically, Kansas is. I think, like, it isn't, sure looks like the... Isn't there also a Kansas City, Kansas? On the exact it, opposite okay, side of the border, yeah. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a Kansas City, Missouri, and then ki- tiny little Kansas City, Kansas on the Kansas side. Gotcha. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I imagine it's part of, like, the Kansas City metro area sure. sort of thing. Which all I could think of is what a hassle um, tax reporting must be. <laughs> Anywhere around a border. <laughs> Any metro area that <laughs> crosses a border. That's I think a, that because I'm a tax person. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's no what everybody thinks. Well. <laughs> um, and as far as like north to south, it's mostly central, but a little bit north. Um, and the hotel is in the Crown Center um, in Kansas City, which is basically right in the downtown area. So we're talking about pretty much downtown Kansas City, Missouri. So at the time of this collapse, the hotel was only a year old. So this oh. happened pretty quickly. Construction for the hotel had started in May of 1978, and it opened July 1st, 1980. The collapse happened July 17th, 81. Oh, wow. So it was like just a couple weeks and a year after um, it had opened. Now, there were some construction delays, not shockingly at all, because there's always construction delays for everything. Um, it, but it included an incident in October 1979 where 2,700 square feet of the roof collapsed, like, during construction. That's not good. No, but best as I could tell, like, aside from being a delay and aside from obviously costing money, like, nobody got hurt or anything that I could tell from what I saw. So um, so the hotel was built, and I think from the impression I got, still is, around a multi-story atrium. So, you know, like, what's the hotel we stay in in Greenville, South Carolina? The Hyatt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how that's, mm-hmm. the whole hotel is built kind of like in an atrium? Yeah. Where there's a glass roof and then offices on one side, hotel rooms on the other, whatever. No, mm-hmm. the offices are just on the top. And then there's more rooms. Anyway, it's kind of built e- either around Either way, it's, this. A, it's an atrium. <laughs> yes, it's built around this feature. So, kind of like that idea, except this hotel is much taller, And only the lobby, the first four floors, I think, from what I could tell, it was the first four floors, were the atrium around this lobby. And then the the rooms went above that, I I guess, kind of maybe on the side. It was hard to find an exact layout of this place, but... um, So the atrium was just um, encompassing the lobby. At the time, the Hyatt Regency was the tallest building in Missouri, in the entire state. okay. When it first went up. Um, it had it had forty five floors, so I guess Missouri didn't have all that many <laughs> tall okay, buildings. I guess, guess not. But, um, 
Inside the atrium were several elevated walkways. So these are the walkways we're talking about. Basically, people bridges, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just to get from one side of the lobby to the other on the second, third, and fourth floors. Um, and these walkways were big, very, very big. They were about 120 feet long and weighed about 64,000 pounds. So these are big pieces, big structures. And they were suspended from the ceiling, so that's how okay. they were hanging where they were. Um, and obviously because it's 120 feet long, they're not going to build a walkway with no support. Like it either needed columns or it needed suspension, like similar to a bridge. Or, or in the case of an indoor structure, it could be suspended from the ceiling, which is the way that they went. And the walkways... There's going to be a lot of descriptions in this episode, so I'm going to have to paint a lot of pictures. But um, the walkways were kind of staggered. So there was, so so picture like roughly a square that was the lobby. And then uh, the second story walkway was kind of over on one side. The third story walkway, obviously a floor up, but also kind of a little bit over. So the second and third were not stacked on top of each other, but then the fourth was stacked on top of the second. So does that kind of make sense? Yeah. There are pictures online if anyone needs to go and, and, and look and see exactly um, what the configuration was. But um, we will get way more into the construction and the engineering of this in the aftermath because this was a structural failure. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> So, on Friday, July 17th, 1981, there was a crowd of about 1,600 people in the lobby of this hotel. Uh, They were there for a tea dance. Now, (laughs) yeah, from what I... Is that a a Midwest thing? (laughs) No, from what I could tell, it was sort of like a Victorian-era name for, like, um, a dance that took place at tea time, you know, so like 4 to 7 p.m.-ish. Um, and it was like a whole to-do. So, so in modern day, it was called happy hour. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's a happy I think hour so. dance. I think so. Another source I found, which was the only source I saw that said this, said there was a big band competition. But I didn't find any citations to that otherwise. Everything else just called it a tea dance. So maybe they're trying to be a little old-fashioned or something. As long as it wasn't a... Uh Celebrity basketball game. <laughs> oh boy! No, it was not a celebrity <laughs> basketball game. Plus, I don't think Diddy was promoting much in, in nineteen eighty-one. He was probably so. still in high school, I would Diddy guess, was. or in grade school, maybe. Wait, isn't he at like fifty now or something? Close to it. Yeah, I think he, he like either turns really fifty this year or next year. So yeah, he would have been. This was. Yeah, it would have been like yeah, a six been like or seven or something. Yeah. <laughs> So whatever this was, there was a, a, gala, a gala, a dance, a to-do, whatever, going on in the lobby of this hotel, and that's what drew the crowd. It was a strange ritual that Kansas Cityans <laughs> take take part in on a weekly basis. In Can- the 80s. Kansas Cityan? Can- Kansas. Kansas Cityan? Kansas? Kansasians? I don't know. Yeah. Kansas. We'll have to go there and ask them, mm-hmm. what do you call yourself? Well, what do we call ourselves? What are Rawlians? Rawlites? I just, North Carolinians? Yeah, I guess there's that. <laughs> Missourians, right? Is it, is it, or is it Missourian or Missourian? <laughs> I don't know. That's right. I see, I keep thinking of Kansas City as in Kansas. Kansas. 
So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. If you're from Kansas City and listening to know. this, yeah, A, let us know, and B, um, we just don't know what we're talking about most of the time. And C? Don't get too upset. And C? Hey, hey, hey. Ha, <laughs> 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 All right. So, at this dance, gala event with 1,600 people... There were a bunch of people on all three walkways in the in the lobby watching the crowd below. Oh, man. Now, not as many as you would think. It was estimated that there were <clears> about <throat> 40 people on the second floor walkway, 16 people on the third, and 20 on the fourth. So not a huge... Okay. Not an extravagant number of people. I It certainly doesn't sound... For a 120-foot-long walkway, That's that doesn't sound people. like a lot of people. No. Yeah. So, around 7.05 p.m. local time, some people in the lobby started hearing popping sounds Uh, above them, which, you know, is not going to lead to anything good. Then, witnesses heard a loud cracking sound, and suddenly, the fourth floor walkway gave and dropped. Now, at first, terrifyingly, it only dropped a few inches. Oh, man. And then it stopped, and then it dropped and <sighs> fell all the way down. Now, because the, the... Now, first of all, let me just pause with that. That is mo- almost more horrifying than it just dropping at the, at the get-go because people had a few seconds to be to absolutely be like, oh. terrified. Well, to be absolutely terrified and be like, okay, we're in the clear. And then... Mm-hmm. Nope. That false alarm jolt. Yeah, that was not a false alarm, Yeah. So, now, that remember, this was the fourth floor walkway, which was stacked directly on top. Well... Um, it was stacked above yes, the above second floor. This, so, it came down, second floor walkway came down, all the way down to the lobby floor, totally crashed, 64,000 pounds each of concrete, steel, glass, everything that those walkways were made of just completely collapsed down to the ground on to, uh, on top of some number of 1600 people mm. yeah so yeah and this is going to get a little grim before it gets any better so rescue operations began quickly fortunately and they were headed by jo- dr joseph mm. So just just get Wait, back to girl. the just uh-huh. get back to the bridge. Did it take yeah. out the third story bridge too? No. Okay. No, so just the, the third. Second. The third story. Was well, I know it was enough. staggered, but mm-hmm. I didn't know if it. No, the third. The third. If it interceded with it at some point, it did not. The okay. third. The third floor rock walkway remained intact. At least there was nothing I saw in pictures or read that would indicate that it came down. Okay. So yeah, this we're just talking about those two, the second and fourth floor. So, um, yeah, guy heading up rescue operations was Dr. Joseph. I looked this up, damn it. Um, Wake Girl? It's W-A-E-C-K-E-R-L-E. So it's either Wake Girl or, like, um, Wakerly or Wackerly. Anyway. (laughs) It's probably not Wackerly. (laughs) We'll we'll, we'll go with the first two. We'll call him Dr. Joe. Yeah. Um, He... Uh, was an emergency medicine and sports medicine physician who's still around because he was only like 35 back in the day. So hi, Dr. Joe, if you're listening. 
Um, the emergency personnel included 34 fire trucks and their crew. So that's a, that's a lot. EMTs, doctors from local hospitals. Like, there's a lot of rescue workers who are there. So excellent. You know, that's good. Um, unfortunately, both those who survived and were trapped and those who were killed were trapped under an estimated 60 tons of debris, concrete, steel, glass. Um, and the hotel didn't have any equipment to be digging up that kind of shit. I'm, I mean, like, why would a hotel have, like, a backhoe or a crane or anything like that? So there wasn't any equipment right there for, like, for them to immediately begin um, digging through. So it ended up that civilians in construction brought a bunch of their equipment to try and get everybody out. And they eventually had to use cranes, like construction cranes yeah, to sure. lift all that stuff. So, so because this was a collapse, there, was the, there were the inevitable and very grim stories of like somebody had to get their leg amputated to be able to be pulled out. Um, and apparently in some cases... Trigger warning for all things. Trigger warning for what I'm about to say. Emergency workers in some cases like to get to people who were living still had to like dismember the bodies of the dead to get to them. Like just it's a sad. If, if I if I ever die and you need to cut up my body to get to somebody who's alive, by all means, go ahead. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm already dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to feel it. Exactly. We laugh because it's horrible. Um, the front lawn of the hotel was used as, like, a triage area, and obviously they also had to, like, set up a makeshift morgue for the bodies that they found. Anyone who was injured but could walk were told to get out, like, leave the hotel, get away from the scene, get to the hospital, and they actually had lined up city buses to take people to the hospital. So it was it was a good response from the community, basically, is what it sounded like, like a good emergency response. Um, now, another, one more, well, actually, there's a couple more dark things before we move on, but um, supposedly those who were mortally wounded were told they were about to die and then given morphine. So that's pretty grim. But I guess, I don't know. It's just, anyway. Hmm. Well, if you're giving somebody morphine, especially at this time, um, 1981. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I was going somewhere stupid with that. But, any, <laughs> but anyway, they probably know what's coming anyway. Yeah, and yeah. Might as well send them out on a ride. I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, sure. By all means. Yeah. I guess so. So the falling debris had also cut into the plumbing of the hotel's fire sprinkler system. So there was water everywhere, too. Sure, yeah. Um, And they couldn't stop it because it wasn't city water, or it wasn't from a public source. It came from a water tank. So there was no way to shut it off. So it just, like, was flooding the the lobby, basically. And some people who were trapped under the debris were getting... I did not read of any people who actually did die from drowning, but some people got pretty close, apparently. Sure. Um, apparently, the reason for that is the, the, the fire chief noticed that the water was, like, rising. He realized the front doors of the lobby were keeping all the water in. So he had a bulldozer oh, bust through the doors yeah. to just release the water. So 
Now, on top of that, supposedly there were live electrical wires <laughs> sparking dust from all the concrete. None of those mix well with water. No, they were, like, people called it a war zone. I'm sure that's exactly what it felt like and looked like. One witness named Grace Trefts called the scene, quote, a controlled hysteria. Mm. So, yeah, it must have been awful. In the end, rescuers spent about 14 hours actively working at the scene, rescuing people. The last person pulled alive from the debris was Mark Williams, who was buried for almost 10 hours before he was rescued. His legs had been dislocated from his pelvis, and he had almost drowned from the water. But fortunately, they got him in time. He was one of the 219 people. Did I say 216 before? I think it was 219. I think I said 216 before, but I think it was 219. Anyway, he was one of the 219 people injured in the accident. And another, another example of someone who was injured, a woman named Sally Firestone, a woman who became a quadriplegic as mm. a result of her injuries. So a lot of people got really hurt. We're not talking like um, scuffs and bumps and scrapes and bruises. We're talking some pretty serious injuries, life-altering injuries. So the total death toll in the end was 114, and it was, by death toll, the worst structural failure in U.S. history at the time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This was a major thing. Hmm. So, now, I'm sure there was a formal investigation, or several, I mean, state police, city police, um, the feds, whatever, but apparently the bulk of the like truly revealing investigative work into the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse was actually done by an architectural engineer named Wayne Lishka, who had been hired by the local Kansas City Star newspaper to investigate. So he did some really good investigative journalism, basically. So are you ready? Rachel has tried to explain nuclear physics and rocket science and um, uh, epidemiology. And today, Rachel conquers structural engineering. (laughs) So we're going to get into the cause of this collapse. Because here's what what this guy, Wayne Lishka, uncovered. Um, Now, there's going to be a lot of word painting here, like trying to describe things that, you know, are visual over, obviously, a non-visual medium. Uh, So I'll definitely be putting some links up in our social meds of videos. There was one um, video I found particularly helpful. I'll definitely link to that. And this can also, there are pictures and stuff explaining this that can be found online, too. So. So what Lishka found was that the original design for the second and fourth floor walkways had been modified. And the modifications had caused the collapse. Okay. Or caused the collapse. And should we let our little, our little shit in? Demetrius is clawing at our door. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, before we move on here, let me give you a picture. It, it's a little blurry, but there's a picture of the oh, man. collapse. Yeah. You can see what they meant by the mm-hmm. war zone. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's just a, 
there's just shit everywhere. It's it's just yeah, a mess. It's just, just, just a chaos. giant mess. Uh-huh. It looks like a, a walkway collapse. It's exactly yeah, what it, it looks like. It looks like two walkways collapse. Yes. Yes. So, there had been original design, the design was modified, and the modification was what had caused the problem. So... So, the, in both the original design and the modified design, the second and fourth floor walkways were, like I said, like one above the other, right? Now, in the original design, there were three sets, or, or six total, of these long steel tie rods. So, uh, that would go down from the roof, through the fourth floor walkway and down to the second floor walkway. So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So these giant steel poles would be suspended from the ceiling, go through to the fourth floor walkway, bolted to the fourth floor walkway, and then go all the way down to the second floor. So that's how the original design was. Um, the tie rods were supposed to be one and a quarter inches in diameter. So we're not talking about particularly large, we're not talking like giant, you know, I, I don't know, 12 inch diameter, like columns almost. We're talking about pretty thin rods, but they're steel and they're meant to, to bear this load. So the idea was that the rods would be attached to cross beams on the walkway and retained in the cross beams by nuts, retaining nuts. And then the cross beams would support the load of the walkway. So does that all make sense so far? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think most people, I can see what you're talking I think okay. most people have been inside a building or seen like well, a suspended. No, I know. I'm just trying to get, yeah. I, I wouldn't notice how a walkway was suspended. I wouldn't be looking at that type of thing. So. It's because you don't notice anything. I don't notice anything. <laughs> right. I'm one of the least observant people ever. So. So the cross beams were designed to be box girders, which are kind of like tubes, except they're rectangular. Um, so, yeah. So they're like, that's why they're called box girders. They're in a, a rectangular shape or like a closed C shape. And that's in contrast to like a solid I-beam or, or a solid piece of steel. Um, and then the... the, the Rods would go through those cross beams and be retained onto the cross beams by those retaining nuts. Um, now, again, this was the original design that had been in, uh, pitched and intended to be built. Um, although, interestingly, had they gone through with this original design, it wouldn't have been up to code. It was already a design flaw because it wasn't load-bearing enough. Like, it, w it wasn't up to Kansas City codes. So, so something like this might have happened anyway. Well, or, or it would have gotten rejected mm -hmm. during inspection. So, um, but interestingly, that whole issue with it, like, not being able to bear the load it, it would need to to keep be up to code wasn't the reason they changed the design. That was just happenstance. That would have been a consequence if they had gone through with that first design. Um, they changed the design because of the manufacturing contractor, Haven Steel Company. So the contractors, or the head guy, or somebody anyway, at Haven Steel said that that design, their original design, wouldn't work. 
So they were like, okay, so in order for the rods to be able to be secured to the fourth floor walkway, the rods would need to be threaded, right? Like a screw. And because of the design, it would have to be completely threaded all the way from the bottom of the fourth floor to down to the second floor walkway. So instead of being like a solid piece of steel, it would be a threaded piece of steel all the way down, like a giant screw or something. And the concern of the contractor was that as we're putting this shit together, it's going to get banged around and we're going to fuck up the threading if it has to be that long. And then that's going to mess up the whole design. This, so basically he was saying, this isn't feasible. This can't be done because it, the design is inherently flawed with the threading being an issue. They weren't, in, <clears throat> they weren't inspired by the show um, Amazing Architectures <laughs> like we are. Right. <laughs> so you had they watched that show, the guy would have been like, oh, we're getting this done. We're getting it. We'll be very and careful. It's going to look fantastic. Yes. Yes. So as Jesse Pinkman freaks out, he's apparently having a bad trip. So, um, so they changed the design. They were like, okay, well, he- here you go. So I'm, I'm going to first describe the change and then describe why it didn't work. So, well, as in why it caused the collapse. So the design change was instead of having the rods just go from the ceiling through the fourth floor to the second floor, they had the rods go from the ceiling just to the fourth floor walkway, be completely bolted in and and retained by those retaining nuts. And then just on the inside of those rods, they had rods that ran from the fourth floor down to the second floor and then were retained there. So it would, there would be a second, there would be a separate set of rods involved, just slightly inset um, from the, the ones that went from the ceiling to the fourth floor. So if that doesn't seem like a huge deal, Apparently, it also didn't seem like a huge deal to structural engineers at the time or to the contractor. Um, It seems like, okay, well, there's the same load, right? I mean, it's still two walkways being suspended, same weight, everything from the ceiling. But here's where the issue is. It's where the load was actually being borne. So the idea behind the original construction with those steel rods that ran all the way through to both walkways, the rods would be what would be bearing the weight of the fourth floor walkway and of the second floor walkway. With the new design, the second set of rods would be putting the load of the second floor walkway not into the ceiling, but onto the fourth floor walkway. Mm. And the fourth floor walkway, those cross beams were not designed to bear the weight of a whole other walkway. Okay. They were only designed to bear the weight of the walkway itself. So um, in the video that I'll definitely have to put up because it described it so well, the analogy they gave was imagine um, two people individually clinging on to um, like a hanging rope. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're both hanging on. That was the original design. Now imagine one person hanging on to the rope and the other person hanging on to that person's ankles. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good design. No. 
So it was all about where the load was being born, and it was missed in this redesigning. So additionally, <laughs> as if that weren't enough, there was also the complication that the point at which they were bolting the rods into the fourth floor walkway to go down to the second floor walkway. So the point at which the cross beams had to bear this extra load was at one of the weakest parts in the box girder. So to get this box shaped tube, they, they didn't like, they didn't extrude it. They didn't just make it solid steel all the way around. It was basically like two pieces, two sort of C shapes that got welded together. So there, the welding joint was a lot weaker than just the solid steel, and that's the point at which the, the bolts went through. We have a history of a problem with welding on this show, don't we? What was our other one? I'm not uh, remembering it. Plane crash. Welding, which, which the, plane That was crash? the Je- Japanese Airlines. They tried to weld on... Oh, the uh, back of the plane. Yes, and then there was oh, another. Yeah, the... And then there was another one recently where something was being welded together. And that will you stop? <laughs> um. Anyway. I, okay. Welding things onto other things has not turned out well for anything we've covered on this show. Well, welding is inherently something that is welded is going to be less strong than something that's just solid metal. Yeah. You know, because it's a it's a joint, and joints are less structurally stable than just solid material. She said, pretending she knew what she was talking about. So that's what actually happened when the walkway collapse happened. Remember, I said that there was like that initial drop of a few inches, right? And then it gave. So the bolt that was securing the second floor walkway to the fourth floor walkway um, first like, fell through the first half of the box girder, like, the top layer, and that was that shortfall. And then that week, the, that went through to the second, the underside of the box girder, and then that's what gave. God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Not really, but... Really? I'm, no, I'm kidding. So, box I know, I'm, girder, I'm, one, okay. two. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm just uh, saying I got it. Okay. <laughs> So because there were 60 people total standing on the walkways, on those two walkways, I guess it just, it that, had that already been, enough. it had been there for a year, probably getting weakened the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then there was just a bunch of people on it, maybe a lot of activity that day because there were a lot of people in the hotel for that event. Who knows? It just finally gave. So that's what actually caused the collapse. So now that they knew who caused, or rather what caused this whole disaster, it became a matter of figuring out who was to blame for it all. So in the end, it was determined that Haven Steel, the contractor, and Jack D. Gillum and Associates, the engineering firm who designed the walkway, were responsible. Or more precisely, their lack of communication was to blame. So it kind of goes like this. So first of all, the engineers didn't review the very original plans in the first place thoroughly enough because those were, remember I said those were structurally flawed too. Yes. They weren't up to code. So they dropped the ball from day one, basically. Second thing, the contractor balked at the original design because of the threading issue and suggested the revision, 
Then three, the engineers prepared the drawings of the revised design, showed them to the contractor, but apparently they were not finalized drawings. There were preliminary drawings. So the contractor was going off of these preliminary drawings, um, but the contractor interpreted them as final and started working on it. And then fourth, the engineers never did a proper review on this revised plan. Again, this was all preliminary, but it went through somehow. Like, it never that got doesn't... properly approved. So, no new calculations, nothing. Supposedly, the contractor called the engineering firm to get approval, and whatever engineer they spoke with just said, sure, without seeing the sketches. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So, criminal charges were brought against the engineers at the firm who were directly involved in the approval of the revised design, but they were acquitted, so no one was charged criminally. Um, however, the Missouri Board of Architects, Professional Engineers, and Land Surveyors found them responsible for gross negligence and misconduct. They all lost their engineering license, and Gilliam and Associates lost its licensing as an engineer firm. So basically, they were all out of business. Well, uh, deservedly so, I think. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit almost more. A, so. Almost 120 people are dead, and it doesn't seem like... You tried hard enough. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there was uh, the proper amount of follow-through on getting these plans where they needed to be. They, they sure didn't follow especially, procedure the right way. Especially for a project like this. Like mm. I'm sure before they built it, when they came up with their design and got picked as the people, they're like, right. they knew it was going to be this futuristic thing for Missouri. You know, we're talking about building mm-hmm. in the late 70s. You know, this is going to be Missouri's tallest building. Right, right. Yeah, you'd you know, think they'd take is, a little more care. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and who knows? Maybe they did in every other facet. Yeah. Except just, for just, just a, this. a couple key areas. Which, yeah. 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 Except for that whole uh, load-bearing and suspended... Ugh. Yeah. And the suspended walkways, Yeah. So, obviously, this disaster was absolutely prime for civil litigation. Oh, yeah. And at least $140 million was awarded to survivors and victims' families through settlements and through, through trials. Um, now, <laughs> much of that money came from Hallmark Cards because Crown Center, where the hotel was located... This is your Hallmark gold crown store. You know their little, their crown emblem, Hallmark? Sure. Okay, I'm circling my head so that you know that it's a crown. Um, Anyway, they owned the actual hotel. They owned the real estate. Really? Yes. Because interestingly enough, I did not know this. A greeting card company has that much money? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, it's, again, it was Hallmark's, like... They're a parent company to tons of other shit. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of those pieces of shit now being a TV channel. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Showing really <laughs> shitty movies. Um, but in, interestingly, I did not know this until recently, um, most hotels only operate hotels as like Hyatt or Sheraton or whatever as basically like property management. They don't own the physical property. They rent it. Or they they don't rent it, rather. They manage it. So the real estate is actually owned. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Hallmark owned the real estate. So that's why they were found mostly liable. So, or rather, that's why they paid out the most. So 
Now, like I said before, the hotel the hotel is still there today. Now is a Sheraton, still at the Crown Center. It's still called the Crown Center. Um, they did rebuild. They rebuilt the lobby after the collapse, except they decided to just keep one walkway <laughs> on the second floor. And they were like, fuck this suspension shit. And they just put columns <laughs> underneath it to support it. So can't say I blame them. Uh, there was a lot of PTSD left to go around. Oh, yeah. For everyone involved, including the rescuers. One rescuer named Bill Allman um, died by suicide from his PTSD. So, really? Yeah. All right. There was a whole... <laughs> this is an interesting part of it, too. There was a whole to-do, speaking of building memorials, about trying to build a memorial for um, the victims of the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse, which started in 2008, so it was years after. Hyatt put up some money, said that they would give some money. Hallmark said they'd give 25 grand. The city of Kansas City offered 200,000, so people were behind it. There was a bunch of kind of push and pull over where it was going to be, you know, finding the land for it and everything. So it It should probably be suspended in midair. Oh shush. That's mean. That I apologize. That's very mean. So, um, and it should have a Hallmark greeting card <laughs> attached to it. On July 17th, 2011. There hasn't been a whole lot of room for me in this episode. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to carve out something here. <laughs> so exactly 30 years after the collapse, they unveiled their design. So they finally got a design knew where it was going to be. It was going to be across the street from the hotel. But at that point, Hyatt was like, yeah, we're going to peace out of this because the hotel had flipped to a Sheraton. So they're like, oh, well, we're not yeah. going to, sorry, we're not going to be a part of this anymore. Sheraton did step up with some money with about five grand. And so they did finally start building the memorial in summer 2015 and had the dedication ceremony on November 12th, 2015, 34 years after the disaster. Now, it's a 20-foot-tall abstract... I'm, I'm going to sort of <laughs> describe it, and then I'm going to show it to you. 20-foot-tall abstract sculpture that's supposed to be a couple, quote, embraced in dance. I guess because the class oh, happened because at of a the, dance. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I got to say... Because the tea, tea time dance Yeah, or the tea dance. But I have to say, the thing looks a little weird. So I'm going to show you a picture of it. Do you see what I see? I don't really see anything. Okay, okay, It's good. just like a... I just have a stupid, dirty mind. I. Oh, I, well, I don't see... Oh, well, no, I kind of <laughs> do. But uh, I don't see couples but, embraced and dance. I'm, I definitely no. don't see that. It doesn't... You don't see that either, huh? It, do, it just looks like... It, it looks like an arbitrary sculpture outside the hotel. It doesn't yeah. look like it has any sort of significance whatsoever. No. Which is kind of probably how they want it. Maybe. Because maybe. to a degree, do you want to have a memorial about a tragedy That's that, beautiful. Ha- that, that <laughs> happened in a place that still exists? Yeah. You know, that's kind of... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't maybe want it to be a little unassuming. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's I what they were that. if that's what they were going for, they got the it. Mission accomplished. Yeah. And it's 20 feet tall. It, it looks either like a pair of scissors kind of bent. We'll, we'll go with that. That's the most polite <laughs> thing. Um, but 
but I mean, again, if there were victims' families like involved in the design with this and they were happy with it, then Been by fine. all fucking means, and, and awesome. I, I agree. I mean, for things like, and especially for something like this, it's the what the biggest tragedy in. No. Biggest structural tragedy in At America. At the time, Something it was. Like, yeah. At the time, it, we've surpassed it since. But. And and we've covered other subjects where they have built a memorial and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But usually, it's at a, the building or wherever it happened mm-hmm. is gone. Right. And so they put it on the site. Yeah. But yeah. The and this place is, is the like place is still the there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so I, it, so it is. It is good that they have a memorial. I it, I do agree yes, with that, but yes. it, I also can see how it might. Because you're putting a memorial at a place that still exists where people still stay. Tricky. And I'm guessing it's probably still like a central piece to their downtown. I'm guessing that's where a lot of yeah, conventions yeah. and stuff probably take uh-huh. place. They, they you know? had to be careful about like what yeah. it looked like and what it drew attention to. Yeah. yeah. And they may have had even like some legal issues. Like probably. they had to be careful, like yeah. not to insinuate that it was still unsafe there or something like that. Yeah. So unfortunately, as of last year, um, there were at least four victims whose names were misspelled on the memorial, which that is so shitty. That sucks. That really sucks. I hope they have fixed it this past year, but anyway. So, still to this day, the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse is considered a classic case study in engineering errors and ethics. So even Jack D. Gilliam, the Jack D. Gilliam of Jack D. Gilliam and Associates, the engineering firm that was put out of business by this because of their error, he spoke at engineering conferences occasionally after the collapse up until his death, hoping to help prevent future mistakes like this one. And that's where this story really kind of gets me. These engineers did nothing deliberate. No. This was all a bad mistake. Now, a negligent mistake? Absolutely. They rightly were blamed for this. But mistakes happen. Miscommunications happen. We all get sloppy sometimes. Every single one of us is fucked up in our work. You know? But uh, not, not to the tune of causing 114 people? Yes, to 114 die. 114 people to, buy, to die and a couple of hundred others injured. And PTSD and whatever else. But... If this is not a cautionary tale to take a bit more care in your work, then darned if I know it is. And it, it especially kind of got to me because of, like, working in a field where I am dealing with other people's money mm-hmm. and have also experienced, as we all have, errors and making errors and having to fix them and feeling very responsible for that and feeling very guilty when things like that happen. Just people, I mean, and we think of like um, doctors and emergency workers and uh, people who like literally have people's lives in their hands, right? Like, you know, you hear the, the of the doctors who accidentally like leave a pair of scissors in somebody yeah, or whatever and sew them back up. Like a, yeah. yeah. And that's awful. Or amputated the wrong arm, right? which I don't understand how that... <laughs> they mark them now. They mark them. I still have my surgical marker from when I had my thumb surgery. but um, And they, ma- they make you, like, attest to it. Like, yes, this is the correct <laughs> It's pretty funny. But necessary. That's why they do it. Um, but, you know, even people like structural engineers, people are counting on you to know your job well enough 
to build something that will not collapse and kill 114 people and injure 219. It's just, that's a high pressure situation, you know? So in a way, I have a weird level of sympathy for those engineers and the contractor. Well, in this this story, unlike our building collapse stories that mm-hmm. we because we've done a couple of those, like the, the Rana Plaza where the, the guy was fucking corrupt as shit. Well, yeah, those, those were yeah. just straight up the people owning the building or controlling the sitch just not giving a fuck whatsoever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, we'll put ten generators on the sixth floor. Right, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> uh huh. But this one didn't seem. There was nothing in this that said they're trying to do something. Yeah. Wrong. Now there was a couple of missed points of follow through and right. following up right and probably just oh here's the plans oh, okay like just right. kind of taking it for granted right. you not know do care right not yeah. do not do process anyway yeah but that's not negligence that's just well it is technically it negligence, is but, but it's, it's not, not malfeasance right it's not deliberate right it's it's um it's not putting a generator on the sixth floor of a building right <laughs> it's not not caring yeah it, it's more of a a mist thing. I almost letting said, something slide that you didn't realize. I almost said oversight, but um uh no. And oversight is like I forgot to bring a pen to work. Like <laughs> yes, that's yeah. like, that's 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 it's over, a little more that's uh, an oversight. Yeah. It <laughs> it is negligence. It it is negligence. That's when you when you are a professional, meaning when you are in a a, a industry where you are expected your breadth of knowledge is what people are counting on like and and you let them down that's negligence like you're expected to know or to figure out or to ask someone you know get it figured out one way or the other and those engineers were expected to know that that was a flawed design and they didn't yeah actually they didn't on either design which is kind of shitty but um so so, yeah, that sucks, and I'm guessing their lives were kind of miserable from there on out, too. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's really shitty. Yeah. So, um, next time you're feeling a little tired at work, so you're not sure if you're looking at things with fresh eyes or um, feeling like, eh, this probably doesn't matter, maybe just take a step back for a sec. And certainly if you're in any um, occupation where people's lives might depend on you, but even just in your regular work, like, you know, the whole a job worth getting done is worth doing right or whatever. A job worth doing is worth doing right. That's it. (laughs) Um, You know, just kind of take a break if you need it. Like, it's okay to, it's, I don't know, that's what I've learned, that it's better to take your time and do it right than to rush through it or assume that you're doing the right thing. You know. Who wants to do that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Just rush through it, people. So that was the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse. I should I actually is walkways collapse. But Yeah, and ugh. Just being up in the air on a suspension bridge and then having it give and then having it stop. That's and the horrifying part. That's the horrifying part. And then having it give completely, Ugh. that's just, yeah, no thanks. No. That's it. That's all I got in Demetrius's. No, Demetrius has got plenty more, I'm sure. Yes. Right? What else do you want to say? Oh, now you shut up. 
There you go. Thank you. Thank you. You made me look silly. Yes, we'll get we'll get you in the outro this time. There we go. Okay. So yeah, so that was the Hyatt Regency walkway collapse. Yes. And that was just ugh, terrible. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>